Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and, good, and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I am your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are a renowned speaker carrying on a one-woman crusade advocating the profitability of courtesy in business, like Mary, or an exquisite chef who shares his talents through his own restaurant, like Doug, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters to help your career and your business. Today's episode is entitled, Avoiding Oops in Your Estate Planning. Yesterday we explained the new uh, federal and state tax environment for business owners, and we tell you what you desperately need to know that you probably do not, and how you may be selling your company short using outdated planning strategies. And helping me figure out the best tax investment and estate planning strategies is the very learned and experienced master of estates, Mr. Martin Shankman. Marty is both a CPA, attorney, meaning he knows law, taxes, and money. He holds an MBA, and in addition to all this alphabet soup, he is the amazing author of, I think it's book number 75 he's working on. It's incredible. He teaches at Columbia University and Seton Hall and elsewhere, and he explains uh, states and taxes on every major television and radio show, including this one. In short, Marty Shankman is Mr. Estate Planning. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to listen to what Mr. Shankman has to say. But before we wisely and legally shift your money towards the goals you seek, let me take a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for our feast. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself, the most important corporate body in your life. Will this be the day you concentrate more on all those people competing with you in your firm and others? Or will this be the day you stop shoveling your precious time down rattles of fear and get on with achieving in your life? The the choice is truly yours. Secondly, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips. So let me pull out the book here and thumb through. Oh, okay, here we got one. Here we go. Um, this is number 21, and it says, even a turkey can jump outside the box. The question is, uh, how cleverly does he act once he's landed there? And as an afterthought, I invite you to consider that it's not how innovative, creative, or swift are the strategies that spring forth from your fertile brain. It's how completely they solve the challenges at hand. The third utensil, and perhaps we should call this day's utensil the strategy spoon, we will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, we will broadcast another quotation, and we will invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe it to be. Simply write info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you're right, we'll announce your name on the air. The author of last week's quote, uh, the individual who said, don't let your ego get too close to your position. That way, if your position gets shot down, your ego doesn't go with it. Those were the well-spoken words of combat experience General Colin Powell. Now, 
Let us dig into today's feast and call upon the expertise of Mr. Marty Shankman. I want all of you out there to know that I've known Marty for uh, more years than probably either of us cares to remember. Marty is uh, the expert that this journalist always turned to when he was writing about estate or financial plannings or tax matters, and he has graciously contributed to many of of our Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. Marty, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing fine. I'm trying to recover from that uh, amazing introduction. I, I think my mother may have written it. <laughs> yes. Oh well. In your case, you make it easy. Um, I'm really glad that you you could come on today. I know uh, that we're here to talk about uh, many of the new. Uh, changes in the uh, tax environment to help business owners with estate planning. But before we get started on those, I was wondering if you could give us uh, just some of the the, uh, some basic rules for the business owner, uh, particularly the the fellow who's turned from Joe Salary into Joe Entrepreneur. What are some of the key concerns uh, for succession planning? I'm going to sum the whole talk up in one short phrase that's incredibly simple, but is really a great guiding point. What if? Uh What if? Uh What if I die? What if I get sick? What if I'm sick for a short period of time? What if I have an accident or an injury and can only work partial time? The problem with much planning is that people don't ask enough what-if questions. And yes, while some Uh of it's highly technical, the tax issues have to be addressed, insurance issues may have to be looked at, Start with the practical what-if questions, and nobody knows your business better than you know your business. No one knows your personal life better than you know your personal life. So really, you have to be the the catalyst for the right what-if questions to make sure your advisors work right to help guide you. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want you to take that. That's what we call a quill pen moment. Take that in, put your pen in the inkwell, and write that down. You have the questions that you need to have formed. You have the scenarios that could possibly crop up. And uh, unlike my wife, who thinks she knows my business better than I do, um, or rather anyone does in her mind, but uh, you really, as Marty says, you have the... uh, you know the rules you, for your business. You know the possibilities, and you have to get uh, be the initial guide and ask what if. Uh, I'll give you a that was a, that's, that's, mm. can, can I give you yeah. a quick example, Bart? Sure. Yeah. When yeah, you yeah. start with you, you use the the sort of construct of somebody's leaving the the wage earning world and entering their own business. Only right. you know what you have by way of savings, what you may have by way of home equity, whether or not you have a trust that a parent or other benefactor left you that's not reachable by creditors but can be used in a pinch to help finance you. You know what you may have in terms of a disability insurance policy, so maybe you don't have to worry in the same way about succession planning that someone that doesn't have coverage. So it's really, when, when you're the business owner, the integration of personal and business planning intelligently and with common sense and practicality is what will really help guide you when you're making the answers, when you're looking for the answers to the what-if questions when you ask them. What if I'm sick is a very different issue if you're on a shoestring and don't have a backstop than if you happen to have a million-dollar trust that a parent or aunt or uncle set up. Uh, it's a very different issue when you're planning what to do if you're sick, if you have a family member or close friend to rely on, 
where you have disability coverage with a short waiting period that will help bide you through that. Yeah. Uh, just as a quick side question, you mentioned um, coverage. Does, does uh, every business owner need some sort of disability coverage, or is that too broad a question? It's, I, I think, I, I, if I rephrase it, it's a, it's a perfect question. If you, okay. have, if you have a risk to your business, if you are sick for a period of time, then you need right. to do disability planning. And for most yeah. people, that, that's an affirmative yes. Um, okay. How you plan will depend on the nature of the business. If you have a rental real estate property and you've got a triple net lease rental to uh, Walgreens or CVS and the rents are going to come in and you don't have to do anything, it's a little different than if you're a radio sure. host and an author like yourself and who could possibly step into your shoes. Yeah. yeah so right. those are the two uh, polar uh, extremes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm sure I, it's it's such a quandary. Um uh, First of all, uh, let me just drive home the very obvious point. When is the correct time to begin uh, estate planning? I love that question. And you're going to love the answer just as much. Long before you have a problem. Right. And too often people wait because, you know what, tomorrow I'll do it. And then when tomorrow comes, they have a problem and it's too late to plan. Uh, you can't buy disability or long-term care insurance. You can't write a will when you're not able to. So you really want to do these things prudently. And, and I think that if you, if you tackle these things realistically and you don't set unreasonable goals that you're going to do everything at one time or in a very short period of time, but every year, every six months, whatever, you tackle some of these issues, uh, you'll, you'll find you'll make over time some great strides. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. You 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 sort of set uh, landmark periods where you 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 take this corner of it and that corner of it, rather than saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got to set down and and devote x x amount of hours in the middle of my my busy week to to, to doing it all." You know, I, if that you make sense. it overwhelming, nothing will get done. It, you know, it's like the old tortoise yeah, and yeah. hare. Slow and steady steps will uh, steps will will get you there. One of the things, Bart, we had talked about before the show, if if, if I could um, jump to, I sure. thought it was uh, another interesting question you asked. We we had talked about what are some of the risks that people need to identify as a closely held uh, business owner, especially as a startup. And um, yes, you'd asked yes. me about some of the most common problems or over oversights uh, that people overlook. Um, the issues of death are often looked at because it's simple to plan for. Horrific, yes, but yeah. simple in many cases, especially if you're younger, you buy life insurance to address a, a buyout agreement or something like that. But right. too often people that plan for death of a business owner don't plan for disability or illness. And that is even too coarse uh, of a, 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 a issue to plan for, you really need to plan for short-term or partial disabilities as well as a permanent or longer-term disability because if you're out for 30 days, the kind of planning you may need to stopgap could be very different than if you're permanently disabled. Well, there's a difference between long and short, as you say, and, and a permanent disability means doesn't mean that you are is not the same as if you're dead. I mean, Right. Uh, absolutely not. For example, let's say you're a radio. I'm sorry to keep using you as an example. Let's say you're a radio show host. If if you're yeah. out for a week or two, you may be able to have plans made where somebody could use recorded shows just to fill that sure. gap. If you're out right. for six months, you can't do that. What do you do? 
So the kind of yeah. planning will be – and I think there's, there's a very important point in this, too, that is often overlooked. The planning for how different types of disability, periods of disability, and death have to be planned for need to work for your specific niche and your specific industry. And too often people will read articles or advisors have sort of general approaches they've used, but they really have to work for you. Mm. Well, you know, you say that, and it seems to me if if I run a business, I've probably got a pretty good general counsel or a good CFO. Uh, I get the feel the, these guys are not uh, as capable as they may be in their uh, part of the playing field. They're not going to be able to handle uh, what I need, correct? Or is that usually so? It. it I, I hate to sound like a lawyer. It depends. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're off against you in a courtroom. Um, anyway, I uh, so so uh, I can I can do do planning. It, it depends on the quality of the help that, uh, that I have around me. But um, I certainly am going to get more if I have somebody who has strong. Uh, uh, both, both the the finance. You, the, the nice thing about you is that you have both the the CPA and the attorney background, and and I would think that this would be very helpful in the estate planning. Um, Bart, one of the other things you had asked me about, which if I could just throw out there for your listeners, is what are some sure. of the most common problems I see as a lawyer when people yes. do succession planning for a closely held business? Um, mm-hmm. Probably problem number one is funding. Right. You can do all the great planning in the world, but if you don't have planning for where the funds are going to come from, the money to do the buyout or the money to, to, to bridge that disability gap, the planning doesn't work. So, so great right. legal planning, great accounting planning, great tax planning is all good, but in the end of the day, you've got to make sure that there's enough cash flow to handle it. And, you know, a lot of times uh, that could be arranged with, you know, financing for the business, generally putting in place a line of credit before you need it. Um, but that's probably problem number one, and, and that's a tough one. The second issue that yeah. I see very common is people do great planning. They think it through. They get their advisors involved, but then they don't right. revisit it. Anyone that hasn't updated their, 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 their planning for how succession, how buyouts work, the values and dollar figures on buyouts in the last three to five years is really looking for trouble. I mean, the economy has gone through such convulsions. Any dollar figures yeah. that people have used years ago are just highly unlikely to be relevant or appropriate today. And, and uh, would, probably, is that a general yeah. thing? I'm sorry. I yeah, just want to say, again, is that a good schedule? Uh, what would be, is three to five years? I'm sure it depends on, on the type of business and the general cash flow. But if if I am solid and, and, the, and the funds are coming in and the business seems stable, is three to five years uh, no. frequent enough? No. No, I'll tell you what the default answer should be. You should meet, you meaning your listeners that are business owners, they should be meeting with their advisory team, which should be an attorney, an accountant, maybe an estate planner, an insurance consultant, once a year. The cost and the effort of doing so is really not that significant. And the the problem becomes like deferred maintenance. If you don't change the oil in your car for 10,000 miles or 20,000 miles, at some point you're looking for trouble. So you're really right, better exactly. off keeping tabs on things because, you know what, it may not be the value of the business that's changed, but maybe a key employee is, is getting older or is announced retirement or moved. You never know what it is, and the way to really stay on top of it is to meet regularly. 
you know, yes, you may be able to wait three to five years to revise a buyout agreement, but maybe not. How do you know? What yeah. else might oh, you need to right. deal with? The, the final right. of the top three issues that I see overlooked in planning is, is this tendency for a lot of advisors and clients, business owners, to plan for a single event. What do I mean? Let's say you're, you're a business and you have five partners. Well, you may do an amazing plan in case somebody dies or is disabled. But what happens if somebody is, you know, decides to retire or quit and get bought out this year, and then next year, six months from now, somebody gets hit by a car and dies, and you've got now two events. You could even have three events. Right. Plan yeah, for the multiple the, the, events. Another retirement, a disability, anything. You're right. Anything. Yeah, and I've got to tell you that when people have done a lot of planning and drop the multiple event issue or miss it, that could be the undermining of their entire company. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, I, I do, we will be getting on to uh, some of the new tax environment and the, and the necessary changes, but right now, if, if we may, I'd like to take a uh, brief uh, breakaway from all that Marty's been telling us and uh, all the necessary things that we need to pick up, know, and be responsible for. And as we enter into the midpoint of our show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take, if we may, a brief sorbet from the feast, as I say, and it's time to introduce the company by whose good graces we are here today. That firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of very practical, cogent business tools. And you may look for Prometheus Publishing. They are a, um, a premier sponsor of the Book Expo in the Javits Center in Manhattan from May 28th to 31st. Come and come to our booth at 2968. And if you are one of those people who has that has something to say, that is, who you've said, I've I've been in business for 20 years. I could write the book on that subject. Well. Come talk to us. We would really like to hear from you. And finally, if you if you like that day, today's business quip that you heard earlier in the show, and you'd like to get one delivered to your by uh, to your email door every week, just go to bartsbooks.com and subscribe for free. You deserve a little fun in your life, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and those rather bizarre folks uh, in the back room who fall into neither category. We are back to revel in. Uh, the estate planning with our guest Martin Shankman. Marty, uh, you we had talked about uh, you had said uh, recently um, some of the old standby rules that no longer apply. Could you tell us some of the changes that have taken place in the tax environment that are turning everything on its head? Yeah, and this really is another reason that anyone that hasn't reviewed their planning in the last few years needs to take a look from scratch at everything. Um, the presumption has been for most of the last few decades that if you have a successful closely held business on your death, you could be the, the business and the ability to pass it on to family and children and other heirs would be devastated by the estate tax. In 2013, right. the, the federal government made permanent a $5 million inflation-adjusted exemption, which means that for 90 nine percent approximately of americans there's never going to be a federal estate tax there's only about three to four thousand people a year who will die that will actually even pay a federal estate tax 
And I'm going to leave aside state-to-state tax because it, that can vary from state to state, and that's also in a state right. of flux. But the vast majority of business owners, we thought as late as late 2012, the, the, the exemption amount could drop to a million dollars and that the marginal, yeah. uh, let's say, state and federal rate could have been 60%. That was a major driving force for people to deal with that had a business they wanted to pass on to their heirs. And now that What is it now? Could you repeat that again, Marty? What is five, it now? It, it's $5 million inflation adjusted. In 2014, the figure's $5,340,000, and that figure will go up every year uh, by virtue of an inflation adjustment. And if you're right. married... The combination of the two is $10,680,000. So that's a huge chunk of money that will basically exempt most closely held businesses, the vast majority, from any state tax. So many people had purchased significant life insurance. Now, life insurance may now make sense in a different context, such as cash flow, um, uh, uh, working capital if you die, income tax benefits. But if you had purchased life insurance solely to pay an estate tax, reevaluate it. What do you need to do with it now? It may no longer be the same picture. A lot of family businesses, when they did the buyout agreements that we talked about in the first uh, half of the segment, often suppressed the value that they may have used because of concern over what the estate tax implication of that buyout is. This is an old one, and I really want you to mention, to to, to talk about valuating and and explain exactly explain that point why it's different now go ahead well in the past if i had a family business uh that i owned with my brother and we were each passing it on to our kids you know we would both be concerned that we don't want to set the value of the business too high in a buyout agreement or anything else because if 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 we die we don't want to create an estate tax for the family overall on the other (laughs) hand on the other hand now that we may have a business that's still quite valuable with these $10 million, almost $11 million exemptions for my wife and I and my brother's wife and him, uh, you know, the, the, the suppression of the value to address the state tax is really no longer relevant. Mm. So I'm actually, I could be selling my, my firm short, literally. Well, I'm with a poor valuation. Part, so I'm, I'm selling short all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You 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 need to you need to go back and look at it and make sure that the numbers you're using are realistic. And in the first half of the segment, we talked about how if you haven't evaluated things in recent years, you need to because just the the dramatic economic changes that have occurred. But the tax change is another major factor that needs to be addressed as yeah. well. Right. Right. I see. Now, what if just uh, along that line about uh, inherit. To inherit the benefits of my business, um, what? Uh, and yet, neither, uh, none of them, uh, none of the brood is particularly interested or capable of running it. Uh, what are some of uh, what are some of the options in which I can still get some benefit for for my heirs? Well, then you'd negotiate a, a buyout arrangement with somebody else. Um, so, for example, if you don't have an heir that wants to come in the business, or they've taken other paths in life, you know, maybe you have a, a loose standby arrangement with a business broker that specializes in your industry that if something right. happens to you, uh, you know, they'll immediately step in and market the business. A lot of business value evaporates during that stub period where the family's trying to figure out what to do 
following a disability and actually listing a business for sale. So if you're proactive and you know I don't have someone to step in and, and buy out the business, if you're proactive, make an arrangement with a colleague, you can really save a lot of value for your heirs. And a lot of people are resistant to that. I can believe that, because, that time is very important there. I, I just know it from my own personal experience. You know. I, you know, for example, if somebody has a dental practice and right. they don't make arrangements and they are incapacitated or die, you know, their their um, uh, junior associate, their employee uh, dentist, uh, or the guy down the the doctor down the street may end up owning their practice for nothing because by the time that the family realizes they can do something, patients have moved on because they have you know a six month checkup and who they're going to go to. So you have yeah. different sort of half lives for different businesses. Merely making an arrangement, even at a disc, what you perceive to be a discounted value, but something that will be triggered to work quickly and efficiently may net much more money for your family. Right. I, I can see that. Now, what about the old practice of, in, in the face of the new environment, what about the old practice of trying to give away up to $10,000 worth of shares in in my closely held business every year to, to, to each child? Good idea or bad idea? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's probably a bad idea, but it's a great question. For much of my career, and now it's 14000 a year, and the figure you're referring oh. to is called the annual gift exclusion. And for most of right. my career, which shows my age, it was $10,000 a year. And it was very common after Thanksgiving, people would realize, oh, my, the year end is coming. We better use our annual gift exclusion and we're going to lose it. And typically mm -hmm. then, this was before LLCs were the rage, families would come yeah. in and make annual gifts of $10,000 interest in the family S corporation to all the kids so that they could right, leave value right. out of their estate. Why is sure, that wrong sure. now? For most yeah. people, not all, they're going to be subject to no estate tax, certainly no federal estate tax. By giving interest in the business to the kids today, when the parent that owns the business dies, they're going to lose out on the step-up in basis. When you own an asset and when you die, the value, the basis, what gain and loss is calculated on for tax purposes, called basis, is increased yep. from whatever it was to you, what you paid for the business, which in many cases is zero because it's a startup, to right. the fair value of the business on death. So let's say you own a business and your kids are not going to keep it but sell it after your death. If, in fact, you uh, take that business and give it in little increments each year to the kids, when you die, there's nothing in your estate. In the old days, there was an estate tax savings. That made it worthwhile. Now there may be no estate tax savings, and you're hurting your kids, you're hurting your heirs by giving them a worse income tax result. So it's the Actually, opposite this of what is something used to be people done. If people forget that stock, regardless of what it is, is debt, and it is my shareholders are people are people to whom I owe money, even if it's uh, even if it's son son Tom and daughter Sally. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. but you want you if the goal of passing a business on is what you're trying to do is benefit your heirs. And if you don't right. do it prudently and you use what you used to do, uh, you're really hurting yourself and your family. And you know what? The reality is that so many people, you know, they, they simply do by rote what they used to do. That's not yeah, the way no. to fly anymore. You've got to stay current. Right. Now, now, another, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I, I was going to say, I just remember looking. I have a copy of your two, uh, 2012 estate planning, and so you're telling me I should I should use that for my wood-burning stove, right? Well, that one still has some good planning in it, but, but anything much okay. earlier than that is, is pretty pretty uh, dangerous because the rules have changed so much. One of the other aspects that have changed is not just the estate tax, but the income tax. The um, income tax is now much higher because of the changes made in the 2012 Tax Act, which was actually passed in the beginning of 2013. So you may not want to, you know, one of the things to consider is to what extent you can shift income from a family or closed-yield business to children who may be graduated college, no longer subject to the kitty tax, but in a much lower income tax bracket. Uh, the use of retirement plans and other right. benefits to, to minimize income tax is even more okay, important Marty, the higher I, income I hate, taxes. I hate to say this, but, but we are going to have to have you back again. We are running out of time. And give us quickly one good way that if I really need some help, I can get hold of Marty Shankman to, to uh, help my estate in the tax planning. How do we get hold of you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a different answer. The best way is that you, you need an estate planning team. You probably, if you own a business, already have an attorney and accountant. If they need okay. specialized help, they can reach out to me. But go to your professional advisors. Reach out to them. All right. Work we with. will do that. Marty, thank you very much. It's been a wonderful bit of advice here. We, it's it's uh, much for us to realize. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to wrap up the show today. And as we do, I would like to just... Uh, give you our final business quotation if opportunity doesn't knock build a door who said that uh, that was a gentleman who truly knew how to dress and laugh just as a hint and uh so finally uh from my own point of view i ask you to seek one confident and many mentors there are many more people who want to help you out there and encourage you than hurt you ladies and gentlemen it has been a privilege as always i thank you good afternoon